You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. Gentlemen, we have new offices, new old offices, old new offices. We have new sponsors. We have so much to do, so much to discuss. I'm looking at the Trello board for Tom and I, and it's like we've been like in the same mindset all week. We're sharing almost the exact same stories. What is Trello? It's going to be a fun fun show i'm i'm calling it i'm calling it right now this is going to be the best 227th show we've ever done ever that's that's okay let's wrap that up that's a very good (laughs) prediction you've got there gentlemen how are you doing how was your how has your week been so far Uh, thomas you have been moving around a lot yeah um had to had to move back into my bedroom from my my office uh, my daughter came home from California and, uh, it's a tighter space than I remember it being in here. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot less like room for anything. Um, and also I forgot how much work it takes to set up my computer. It's, I mean, it's probably like a solid three or four hours. Yeah. You ever look at yeah, like, that's the cable, f- you look at the cable mess behind your computer and you're like, I know there's extra cables back there. i know there's stuff that's not plugged in everything i have is plugged in it's ridiculous well then you're always like the next time i move i'm gonna i'm gonna do so much better cable management and then you move it's like i just gotta get this shit together i got things to do this this move was about we have a deadline it's in a couple hours today so just do the the minimal to get myself up and running you you say that you had what week three weeks weeks, a month three weeks yeah (laughs) It's not like it was like all of a sudden she was at your doorstep or, hey, I'm on my way that's home. Ex- that's exactly what it was like. Yes. It's what it was like because you made it that way. Correct. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that's not what it was like. Whoever's fault it is, it's still that's what happened. <laughs> oh, you kill me. Uh, hey, I joined the club. You? How was your week? I joined, I, I joined the club. So I've been wearing those... These other like cheapo glasses, I say cheapo. I'm sure I paid a pretty penny for them a decade ago because the doctor said, "Oh, you should wear these when you're on a computer," and I never did. So now I got legit glasses. How big of a difference is it for you? Uh, pretty big difference. I mean, yeah. it's it, it it was just it was amazing to me the the clarity that I had just looking at my mm-hmm. phone now. It's like. Mm-hmm. And I think Thomas pointed it out when he got his, like, now you take him off and you're like, whoa, I'm blind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, are, are both of you wearing progressives? Yeah. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> I have progressives, uh, but I actually don't wear them. I can never get used to wearing them at my desk because you kind of have to tilt your head back a little bit. To, at least for me, the way my progressives were, I had to tilt my head back a little bit and I just couldn't get couldn't get used to that so i actually have uh glasses just for working and then i have Hmm. my progressives for like when i'm driving or when i'm out in the town and i don't want to put glasses on take glasses off i just put my progressives on oh how about you thomas mine mine are just blue light blocking i uh it's it's got the anti-scratch film and the blue light blocking and 
you I mean, know, it's my, I had that... my first time at an optometrist, so I like bought the whole package. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I went with the same thing, the that whole protection piece, but what about the actual lens? Is it no, just it's, nearsighted, it's, farsighted? Uh, it's actually astigmatism, so I don't know what it is, but there's it's definitely it's definitely different in parts of the lens. Mm, interesting. What about you, John? It's progressive where I'm mostly farsighted, so the top part is meant for distance viewing, the middle is for my computer, and then the bottom is for reading. Interesting. So you have three. Okay. So I don't. I don't think I had a middle part. I think mine just went from distance to reading. <clears throat> you know who invented like that? A- that that ability to do progressive <clears throat> lenses. <clears throat> My uncle. What? Yep. That's the whole story. <laughs> I'm waiting for the fight slide. There, nope. really, the, your uncle. Your uncle created progressive lenses. Yeah. And he has a patent on it. Yeah. What? What? That's crazy. Yeah. I, I, I'm amazed. It's uh, impressive. That's that's. You don't sound I, that impressed. <laughs> well, that's where, as a kid, I used to play uh, the Warhammer tabletop games that cost like that you know ten thousand dollars for a set. No clue. Warhammer. I don't know what you're talking about. Where you have a giant table and you have to a ruler and you measure like how far your guy can shoot using miniature figurines and tanks and stuff. No clue what you're talking about. I, I we didn't. Know. We didn't. I didn't have ten thousand dollars games when uh, I was a kid. I see. I <laughs> yeah, see what you're either. talking about now. Yeah. Oh wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So he's he's doing well for himself. <laughs> Take it you're not close to him. I am. <laughs> Just the way the way you're you're being very vague and very like dodgy about it. So it seems like yeah yeah. <laughs> Distant uncle, I've talked to him once in my uh, life. Okay. I, <laughs> I got I got told on Twitter that I I bitch too much on a per episode basis. So I'm just I'm trying to be even keeled. <laughs> Everything's fine. Are you We're gonna not. bitch about your uncle? No. Well, then he was I going to, but but the Twitter listening. follower told him not to. No, shouldn't have brought it up. Let's go on. Uh, let's move on. Oh my gosh. Okay, <laughs> let's move on. I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't top that, man. I think we need to wrap up the show at this point. Jeez. I guess was, I can, uh, I can absolutely pretty... top that this show. Have you not seen my board? I've got so much weird stuff. Well, let's don't not talk get, about weird don't stuff get yet. The board yet. John, so, we, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out other things. Thomas, you have a completely new background. I mean, a, 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 a background I, I remember from the past, but it's changed. John, you're missing a pretty key part of your background. Where is your 3D printer, man? 3D printer? What 3D printer? What are you talking about? Did your wife find out about it? Yeah. He, he, tr- I, he tried I, to I, use the laser it. and it blew it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I got the enclosure for it. Oh, my God. It didn't fit in here. I tried oh, yeah. every which way. To make this thing work in my office, it was already barely fitting. I had this filing cabinet pulled out from the wall just to get the machine to fit back there. Put the enclosure on it. Nah, not happening. Yeah. Where is it at now? You put it in the garage? It's in the garage. Uh, This weekend, I built a little rolling stand for it, which I I had so much spare wood in my garage that my wife has been complaining about needing to get rid of and finally found a use. I'm like, I'm going to build this rolling stand. It fit like mm-hmm. my table saw underneath of it. The printer's on top and Perfect. printing, printing some fun stuff. So what are you printing? I don't know if you can quite see what that is, but Oh, what is that? That is a That's... Harry Potter. 
Harry Potter chess set. It's a chess set. It's a, I get it. Now I see it. So it's a little case. Uh, I still have oh. to print the lid to go on top of this thing. But my niece... Oh, so you printed the case as well. That is yeah. crazy. Yeah, the, the case is printed. I've got... So that's the black pieces. The white pieces are going to go in this case. i got to start doing that mm-hmm. soon. But my niece's birthday is coming up in a few weeks. And she's into Harry Potter, so I'm going to try and get her into chess. It's mm-hmm. very impressive yeah. until you see Adam Savage do something. Do you watch his channel at all? Why do you got to knock you... him down? See, the, that's why people on Twitter don't like you, Thomas. I didn't say they didn't like me. What about oh. Adam Savage? In, in, <laughs> in printing, you talking about? Or his one-day builds? All his one-day build stuff is just so ridiculous. Well, yeah, of course, because he's got like a bajillion tools. Yeah. The guy literally I mean, built Death, the Death Star, didn't he? I mean, Jesus. I've watched some he's, of the stuff he's, he's built. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I'm very good at downloading a file and saying, hey, printer, go print this. Print. <laughs> but okay, Thomas, you were you were correct. It is not just a send the file to the printer and you're good to go. It takes a lot of patience and work, and I've made quite a few mistakes. Oh yeah, that'll uh, happen. I've got plenty of uh, of these pieces sitting around that they're just so stringy and hairy looking. But I've got some really cool looking uh, time lapses now. So Eric, I showed you the, the one that one I made for you. Mm-hmm. I've got. I've got an even better system now. Unfortunately, I haven't done anything that's tall enough to see really well, but uh, you'll see on the internet where it just looks like this thing just grows out of nothing. <laughs> so I've, I've got a set now where every time a new layer happens, the print head moves out of the way and it takes a snapshot. So it's just like, ah. so you just watch it grow. But that cool. added that added so much complexity to printing because now you're moving the print head and it's oozing some of the the material out and you got to figure out how to deal with all of that. Yeah. It's, it's, it gets kind of ridiculous at a certain point, but it is a blast. And the, the stuff I get to print and just kind of have fun with. Have you seen the thing that fuses colors together? No. So you send your, you send your file to this pre-processor that takes three different filaments coming in and it cut and remelds the filaments together to match what color should be printed at that time. And then you just constantly pause and swap no, it's, filament. it's always running because it goes it, it it outputs one filament of changing colors to the printer but how do you change the filament you, you color feed, you feed three different colored filaments into this box and it outputs one filament of changing color how's it doing at the brakes <laughs> so if these are india see on mine the the print head itself pulls the filament in so that wouldn't work for me no it would it knows how fast the filament feeds, and it feeds at the same rate as the print head because it takes the same G code. It just doesn't. So this is just like a little proxy server, John. It it, it stands between the head and right. the filament. Yeah. I, I see that. I'm just trying to figure out how it. it how it does that. It's it, crazy. It feels like it feels it's like magic. magic, but it's actually not because it's printing the same exact G code, but it's not moving a print head. It's just changing filament colors at specific times. And right. It knows, but... And it knows the length between. The proxy and the printer. That's what's important. That is crazy. That you send me that. Like we have to try that, John. I think we have to try it. I, yeah, because I, I'm frustrated with the printer I have right now, and I don't know why this is turning into a 3D printing episode, but it is. the The lid for this Harry Potter chess set they they give you a little test tile because you can print the box itself as one color, and then the H logo on top of it 
in a different color. Mm-hmm. And I finally got the, the G code to make it where my printer would pause at the right moment and I could swap out the filament, but I couldn't get the printer to resume. And everything I'm reading says SnapMaker doesn't support these G codes yet for pausing and, and mm. continuing. So the other thing I could do, which is harder is what you're saying, Thomas, is knowing exactly how much filament it takes to print and then snipping it before it goes through the hot end so that then it kind of runs out of filament and you got to reload it and you just reload it with a different color. Yeah, or you can edit the G-code with text editor. I've done that. No, I did. That's what I mean. I've, I've done that, but oh, the I can get the... itself doesn't support the, the G-code right, for pausing? Right. Well, I can pause it. I can't resume it. So I sat here with my printer. I was watching an octoprint where it was just saying, waiting for user response constantly. And I couldn't send anything that would kick it back into motion saying, no, go, we're good. Hmm. And it's been an open issue on GitHub now for a year or two. Uh, Eric's got something to say. I do. I do. Uh, we talked, uh, we talked, what, last week, I think? Uh, or a couple weeks back about sponsorship. And, and, We've been doing the show for what three years now. The only sponsorship we've had has been Diego Dev, right? I mean, we flipped the bill for for everything we've been doing. Never really looked for sponsorship. Had a couple of people ping us on it, but did nothing ever follow through. We actually got our first follow through on sponsorship, so we have a sponsor for this episode. And I believe John wanted to tell you about it. John, <laughs> you are serious about that. We bring today's podcast to you in cooperation with Cloudways, a managed cloud hosting platform built for your PHP projects. If you simply wish to focus your business, uh, if you simply wish to focus on your business, Cloudways is the way to go. They take over server management and security and free up time that you can dedicate to growing your business and acquiring new clients. The platforms offer a choice of internet as a service partners, AWS Cloud, uh, Google Cloud, DigitalOcean, Linode, and Vulture. In addition, you get a performance-optimized stack, managed backups, and staging environment where you can test your code before pushing it to the live servers. Best of all, Composer and Git come pre-installed so you can get your projects up and running quickly. All this power, simplicity, and peace of mind falls right with their brand slogan, Moving Dreams Forward. If you want to give them a try, use promo code PHPUGLY to get $25 to get a $25 credit. We got we to gotta clean that up there. That wasn't bad. That would be infrastructure as a service, not internet as a service. But oh, did I did I say inter- yeah. did I say internet as a service? Ah, uh, yeah. so, so that, that's the official as a service. That, that's the uh, that's the official read. Uh, we'll we'll probably we'll probably pre-record that just so we don't fumble through it next time. But we wanted to kind of give it a live read the first time um, and let everybody know that you know we've been talking to Cloudways for. A little over a month now, we've had back and forth. So I'm you know, understanding who they were, uh, what their service was. I actually signed up and used their service before we uh, agreed to the sponsorship. Um, and you know, it's it's cool. Uh, it's it really does remove the server management piece from your workflow. So you literally just ask for a server, you deploy to it. It's it's not serverless. I mean, you still have a console that if you need to, you can log into the server and run things. But the one thing that took me a little to get used to, because I'm a I'm a sysops person, is that 
you don't there's no root access for you so everything everything you do you set the permissions and i i wanted to log into it because that's what i was accustomed to doing for my servers but once i got my head around the service, the Cloudways service, I realized there's no reason for me to log into the server. Everything I need to do, I can do through the interface. And I, uh, I deployed, a, I deployed a project we were working on. I, I let it run for a few days. Um, yeah, it's cool. It's, it's kind of like, uh, if, if you're familiar with Laravel Forge, kind of like that, but kind of even more, you're even more removed from having to do the operations of the server. So it, it, it even abstracts it away. And it's not a Laravel specific service. I mean, it's PHP, it's Node, it's Python, it's, you know, whatever you need a server for, they can do it. They're, they're focused, uh, they're focused on PHP right now. That that's kind of their, their sweet spot. Uh, they have, they actually have templates for uh, Laravel, WordPress, Drupal, uh, generic PHP. Um, hmm, I feel like there was another stand out there, and I, I don't recall what it is, what it was. But so yeah, when, so when, when deploying, did you did you have to have an account on the service already? No, no. So I picked what service I wanted to take advantage of. Uh, I went ahead and picked DigitalOcean because just because. That's just what we use. Uh, and no, I never had to provide any, any credentials for that platform. So you're not, I, you want to be pay, putting an extra bill. You're not paying DigitalOcean and Cloudways. You're paying just Cloudways. They're managing all of that for you, which mm-hmm. when it comes to AWS is probably amazing because AWS is a pain if you're mm-hmm. trying to do any sort of infrastructure on there. Yeah. And they, they had Google Cloud, uh, DigitalOcean, Linode, uh, Vulture. Uh, yeah, Vulture and AWS were the, the services provided. And I, I didn't, I guess I should have checked. I, I can log back in and check. I, I imagine the only difference from your perspective is cost. Uh, the, maybe they're all a little different in cost and availability. Um, maybe they all don't have availability, you know, wherever you are in the world. Maybe you just don't uh, so, want to give yeah. Amazon your money anymore. So you're, that's, you want to go true. somewhere else. Very easy to scale. I even changed my um, PHP version several times uh, from 7.2 to 7.4.8 uh, after I deployed the code. So I didn't have to redeploy anything. I, I deployed my code. I'm like, okay, well, let me see if this will run under, under eight. I just changed uh, the configuration through the interface and had it run through run on eight. And I realized that uh, my my UUID package needs to be updated. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, thank you so much, Cloudways, for the sponsorship. We we do appreciate it. Very we much. do. So the, they're they're sponsoring us for this this month, and uh, we're. We, they, they, it won't always be this long. Like I said, we'll we'll do a pre-record or something. But uh, thanks again, Cloudways, for for sponsoring us and and helping us out. Appreciate it. I don't know. I know us pretty well. I think we're gonna stumble for the next couple weeks on trying to do this. I mean, I nah. feel like that's why somebody would want to sponsor us. Like they don't want <laughs> it to be clean. Like they want us to f- fuck it up and say, okay, let's see what these guys say. <laughs> <sighs> Let's watch them learn on the fly. That's always fun. <laughs> Eric told me I was doing the read. I thought he was joking. I, I don't joke about reads, man. I don't joke about money. Come on. You know that. Uh, so last week, we talked about uh, NFTs. 
non-fungible tokens. Non-fungible tokens. This is how far ahead of the market we are. After our episode, everyone was talking about this stuff. Like, every flippin' IT-related article had some sort of NFT hook to it. For like the next week, it, it, now, it's it's just popping up everywhere. I'm not going to lay blame and say who said, why are you even talking about this Tomic? Me, Eric, doesn't care. But I did get shut down still, a little bit. Still don't care. Uh, everyone's talking about the big thing today. Somebody sold an NFT for $69 million. Okay, so for, for people just listening or people just joining us or people who might not be familiar, can you just do a recap of what an NFT is, Thomas? It's a way to launder money. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, go ahead Thomas. <laughs> I can't put it more succinctly than that. It's I don't a think. way to fabricate value. That's, that's what it's, I. It's I call a new it. it's way, a way of to fabricate value. value. Yeah. Uh, an NFT yeah. is a token on the blockchain that is unique. Uh, it's not fungible, so it can't be traded for another of the same value and be the same thing. Uh, right now, if I have a Bitcoin and I sell it and buy a different Bitcoin, I still have a Bitcoin. Same thing with dollars, is that no one dollar bill is worth more than another dollar bill. But if you start tracking the serial numbers on dollars, and there is a valuable dollar bill, that's the NFT part, is the serial number. So this is just serial numbering stuff on the blockchain. Uh, And there is a, a sports trading card group that started messing around with this and they've sold some really expensive stuff uh but it's this artist beeple who really broke the record uh selling this 70 million dollar collection of 5,000 pictures he's taken currently current the 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 current record because there's somebody hot hot on his tail so jack dorsey the creator of twitter is selling his first tweet with an NFT attached to it. He's donating everything to charity. And so far, the top bid, uh, as of me doing my research on this, was $2.5 million for literally nothing. It's this. I'm not, it's sure, the you, I'm not first... sure you caught what I said. The, the art that sold today was $70 million. Oh, was it $70 million? $70 yeah. million. <laughs> Oh wow, that is a lot more. <laughs> so, so two and that, a half isn't really be more. On its, hot on its tail. <laughs> now, Jack Dorsey's tweet, interestingly enough, has some extenuating rules to it. Uh, NFTs are contracts on the blockchain, and every time it changes hands, he gets one percent of the fund that was transferred. What? Yeah. So, so the 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 thing that this person is bidding on this first tweet. By the founder of Twitter, if if they sell it again, he gets a one percent of that sell. Uh, yeah, and he's he's donating that one percent indefinitely, so it's almost like it's a trust. Wow! Um, but yeah, yeah, it's because these are contracts; they can have very strange rules to them. You could technically set up an MLM entirely based off of these NFT trading contracts. But what? But what are you? buying when you're buying his first tweet i don't get this uh again that that depends on the contract i believe you have the rights to publication and even ownership um i mean if you look at this the way that we look at the mona lisa right now i can pull up a picture of the mona lisa but i don't own the mona lisa i can't choose to publish the picture in my book uh but 
the person who owns the NFT for LeBron James dunking on somebody, he has the rights to that picture. He gets to publish that to whom he wants to. And if they don't pay up, he can sue them and say, look, it's my NFT. I owned it during the time you published. So there is a, there is an element of ownership in this stuff uh, as, as it goes to copyright and trademark claims. So, I mean, it, I may, it, it may be nothing – but there's a lot of nothing selling on the internet already. There's this a lot. There's a lot of people excited about this nothing. I mean, this is there. There's a. Uh, I can't remember which article it was in, but uh, some band uh, is releasing their next album, and they're they're releasing a digital version with uh, NFT on it. Uh, yes, that is the Kings of Leon. Their new album is an NFT based album. Yeah. So it's so, I mean, so you I have agree. to have the I, NFT to even listen to it. Is that the deal? I don't think so. I don't. I think know. it just proves that. I, I think it just proves that you own it. It's just like it's just like a certi- certificate of yeah, I own this well, this album. So authenticity. Let's, let's take this to another mm-hmm. one of our most recent favorite ideas, which is GameStop. Previously, when you owned a video game, you could sell the disc back to GameStop for some amount of money. And they would turn around and sell it. But as everything went digital, you lost the ability to sell or resell video games you'd purchased. NFTs would re-allow you to buy and sell used digital video games. So then does this go in the face of Apple who has this belief of, hey, you don't actually own anything. We, You don't own your iTunes music library. You don't well, that's not own- just Apple. That's everybody. But yeah, so it does. Th- this go this goes against that green. Then, if I buy a Prince album and I get an NFT associated with it, then I own that album now. Like whether it's digital Prince? or not Who's digital, Prince? I own it. Stop it. My uh, my wife fired up a Prince Pandora channel a couple of days ago, and I haven't stopped listening to it since. Prince, you know that's a, a god. That's a hint, right? When your wife starts playing Prince around the house, you've got work to do. <sighs> Clean the windows. No. Prince, Prince, Prince has a very special place for Beck and I. It's, it's very special music to us. Is it the and crotch? We have been enjoying it. What's it? Is the special place the crotch? <laughs> You're not allowed to say that. We have a sponsor now. I think, yeah, I think that's part of our agreement. You, Thomas isn't allowed to say bad fucking words. Jesus. <laughs> uh, so, so Tom, Thomas... Yes, I know. I know how much you love Lervo releases. Love them, absolutely. Love and them. I <laughs> now I see this. I, is I, good. I see this is good news. I don't want to trigger you. Oh, good. I was gonna say I don't want to trigger you. Yeah, but now there's gonna be fewer. We're all we're always complaining. Oh, I'm I'm reading. I'm not reading the article. You think I'm reading them? Oh. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess I should have put these put put these over here. Don't mean to trigger you, but one of our one of our top complaints with the new releases is that they always have new features that they slip in. Whether that's the place for them or not the place for them, we kind of go, you know, back and forth on how, how much it frustrates us. But a couple of new things made in the latest release that I thought were pretty cool. So in the latest release of Laravel. They have a new DD method, which is um, dump and die for HTTP requests. So they're uh, a few versions back. I forget. Maybe it was eight. Maybe it was maybe sometime in seven. Maybe I think it was sometime in seven. Uh, Laravel 
create has its own built-in HTTP client. Um, before that, do you remember what the package everybody used before that? It was Adam Rathen's package. Oh, Guzzle? Uh, Gulp? No, not Gulp. No, not Guzzle. Not Gulp. It used Guzzle. Anyways, he, he put some pretty front end on Guzzle. They essentially was, pulled it. Was that the ZHTTP one? Yes. Yes. The, yes. The one that, that we it. discovered, yeah. and then everyone else was like, hey, this thing's cool. Yeah. So they, they have their own HTTP client built into Laravel now. And as somebody who does a lot of API usage, um, it, it, it's always been one of these. It, it, when you got a response from an a- API call, it was easy to grab it and dump it and see what was in there. What wasn't so easy is to confirm the request that you were making. So you think you're configuring everything correctly. You think your your request is formatted correctly, but maybe sometimes you're not getting the the response you're looking for. There's now a dump, a die and dump method, or dump and die, die and dump. I forget what which is first, but that you can actually tack onto the beginning of the request that will dump it out for you. You can see exactly what your request, the requ- the request you're making looks like. That I felt was pretty cool, and I know. We have a thing about new features being added to uh, <laughs> to minor releases, but that was one where I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. Then uh, we there, just wait, talk- before, before you before you jump away from that. There's another mm-hmm. way to do that that is not Laravel specific that you can use for almost anything if you really wanted to, and that is ngrok. Ngrok uh, will let you see what requests you're making outbound. Ngrok out. Well, maybe I misunderstood what you're talking about. I, I thought you meant the request you're making to your application. No, no. no. So this around. is this is an HTTP client in your application. So so we have the one one client where uh, we're using a third party to do some uh, um, uh, image, image recognition, I- image yeah. processing. So I make a API call to that third party. And what this allows me to do is this allows me to dump that call before it goes out and allows me to see exactly what I'm sending out over the wire. So I can, I can be sure like if maybe if I'm having a problem, I'm not getting the response I'm expecting. I'm like, okay, wait, I'm giving you the information you're wanting and it's formatted correctly. Why aren't you giving me the, the, the information back? I can now see what my actual request is, and if I have to debug with that with that uh, customer service or something, I can say, "Okay, here's what I'm sending you. What's wrong?" So, to be clear, yes, you could use Ngrok for that too. Oh, can you? I, I didn't know that. Well, you would set up Ngrok to you'd have your code hit your Ngrok server and have your Ngrok set to point to that third party service. And then uh, I see basically, saying. it basically becomes a proxy at that point. But because of Ngrok's built-in uh, HTTP client, where you can see your requests and responses, and it l- allows you to replay your requests very easily, it's just a, oh, does it? Just a, I didn't know Ngrok lets you do that. Yeah, when you fire up Ngrok, it gives you a like an admin URL, and you go to that. I'm, it sh- it mm-hmm. shows you all your requests, and you can easily replay them. I, you know, I I know it has an admin, and I I can't say I ever. I ever went over to it to see what was there, so that's good to know. Yeah, I've, I've used it playing when when working with an API, and mm-hmm. it just allows me replay. Ah, crap! I still got to fix the code. Go fix it. Replay versus. Uh, isn't there know, also having postman? to do something? Yep. 
Don't you guys like pre well, plan all of so, your API stuff in Postman? So, so there's a there's a little bit of a difference from what he's talking about. We're still talking about outbound, not inbound. Mm-hmm. I, I'm saying I've used it in this way for for oh post, working with my own has, API. Postman has an API server that it can run that that'll allow right, inbound. but right, but what Eric is talking about is you're trying to write your PHP code to hit a third party. It's not. I'm I'm using Postman. I'm I'm going to hit the third party and see what I'm sending and getting back. I want to make sure my PHP code is doing what I expect it to do. I believe Postman mm-hmm. can do that. I believe Postman can proxy to a third party. Huh. Well, uh, that I don't know how to do that. And along that same line, another very cool uh, uh, feature that they added. What what was that? What was that sigh? I'm trying to have PHP Laravel yeah. conversations here. Yeah. So, so uh, before you, before you, so this is relevant because we talked about this uh, a few no. shows back. But I want to go back. Go ahead, John. I don't, I don't want to move on yet. I'm still. I still have questions okay. about this. So, mm-hmm. with the HTTP client, you're saying it's a die a dump and die command. It's not. How does that? You're putting it before you make the HTTP or before the HTTP call, so it doesn't right. actually so get it's, made so out. It, it's, a, it's, it's a actually as, yeah you you actually call up the HTTP uh, uh, facade or it's not a facade is it a facade? yeah it is it is okay you call up the HTTP facade you you can you can put in what your your entire call but the first thing you put in before that you can either do a dump which doesn't stop the application from from running it'll, it'll just kick out what the re, what that request looks like or you can do a dump and die where it says hey uh, you know don't don't process this. Just show me, show me what you have. What you're gonna say? So, it, so you act, you actually put it in the 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 string that you, you're putting together to make your call. So it's right there. It's not it's not something you're catching after the fact. You, it's right there. Yeah. So I guess just make sure that doesn't go to production, right? <laughs> well, I, I like all your DD commands. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like all your DD commands, you don't want it in production. All right. And, I'm ready to move and on. I will, I'm done with it. I will say. I, 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 I'm at this conflicted place in my life where I, I'm I'm coding more and more back in native Vim and, and loving it and feeling like I'm more productive and feeling like I'm a better developer when I do that because I don't get all the help I get out of PHP Storm. But this is an example of where PHP Storm has saved me where if you put a DD command in any method in PHP Storm, it automatically like highlights everything underneath of it. Basically, it says, "Hey, all this now is unreachable code. Like you've you've you know, died and dumped up here. I can't get any of this stuff except for now. I really can't, can't detect this method. Do you, do you have I, I don't X debug set up to work with Vim? Uh, not this iteration. I have in the past. Yeah, like recently in the past or years in the past. Uh, years in the past. Yeah. <laughs> Why you say it like that? Okay. I'm just curious. Like. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't it, it, super hard to do. I I can I feel like I could do it again. I just don't. I just haven't actually haven't even thought about it. Now, now that you mentioned it, I probably should do that. Yeah, to me, to me, I, X debug is the the thing that saves me on so much of my code. I feel like I couldn't. Oh yeah, X, X, X debug wouldn't even be a factor. I mean, if I if if you didn't even like Vim the way Vim does it, X debug is not a PHP Storm only thing. There, there are a lot no, of X debug clients out there. So, uh, of yeah. course, I'm just. I I only ask that because you keep go- saying that you feel like you're a better de- developer with Vim, and I just mm-hmm. I 
you know me. I love Vim, but I I'm a better no, developer with PHP Storm. You 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 love you love the the uh, the key the, the 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 basic key stuff in Vim, but you don't love Vim. You're not like me, man. You don't love them. You, you don't. You don't. You don't tweak not it anymore. Your, you don't not customize anymore. it to your your needs and desires. But but that's a whole nother story. Anyways, moving on. The next feature is something we talked about previously on the show. John and I did a uh, interview for PHP Architect with uh, somebody who introduced us to the circuit breaker pattern. Or wait, did we do the interview? In PHP Architect, there was an article about the circuit circuit breaker pattern, which is something I had never heard of before. It made complete sense. And I was like, I've got to implement this. This makes perfect sense. I mean, essentially what it does, again, my previous example of using a third-party service, this allows you to, if that third-party service goes down, allows you to handle that within your application a little bit more gracefully than making it look like your application's broken. So that is now something that they implemented in the latest release of Laravel. It's called Throttle Queue Exceptions. And essentially, it's a circuit breaker pattern where you can say, okay, if I get so many of these exceptions thrown in this amount of time, you know, mark this service as down for now. And I'm like, oh. I mean, I was just, when we were talking about the circuit breaker pattern, I'm like I need I need to implement this. This is this is so key and was something I never even thought about. I mean, there's nothing fus- more frustrating than it looking like your site is broken, your site is down. But what makes it worse is when it's not even your site. It's because you're relying on a third party service that's actually down. But and so what the you said this is around queues. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, it, it, that no, go ahead. So 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 it's it's middleware. That, that you can put in place that I guess all this stuff can go through. And so the thing is called throttle queue exceptions and it's middleware for queues. So this middleware could be useful when you rely on third party HTTPs, yes. whatever. That's just what I just said. But so, right. But it doesn't actually affect <clears throat> page loads at that point. This is only affecting your queues for some reason. I'm trying to figure out what it's, what the goal is. What's it trying to protect and what is it actually doing? Is it, pausing your queue so it doesn't process additional jobs uh i think it pauses yeah it says uh given the above, above example if the job has 10 consecutive failed attempts the job will be throttled for five minutes you can also use a back off method to wait between retries so that there's a couple of options you you, you can <clears throat> implement here just basically slowing down uh slowing down that queue so this is really great for i have a job that is going to to put a file in S3, S3 is having issues for some reason. So it would say, well, I need to stop. I need to wait five minutes and try again versus right. you doing it yourself. Because right now, yep. when I get a, when I have a job that does something, when it fails, I catch that and like using Beanstalk, I can put it back into the queue with the delay. And I often do it for some random time. So I'm hitting HubSpot constantly. And as soon as I get back API rate limit, from HubSpot saying you're hitting me too quick, I just take that same job, put it back in the queue for some random amount of time, mm-hmm. you know, something, some random time within the next 10 minutes saying, just try it again later. Maybe, maybe we'll calm down by then. 
And I, so do you do the same? If, if HubSpot were to go down, would, would your application kind of do the same behavior? Would just say, hey, I haven't been able to talk to HubSpot for a while now. Just hold on to this request for a while. That's a good question. And my answer is going to be probably not. <laughs> I, I, for this specific issue that I'm talking about, I'm specifically looking for a response of I'm hitting their API rate limit. Mm-hmm. So I already know I'm being rate limited and it's a way for me to combat that. It's not necessarily me looking for HubSpot outages. Gotcha. Gotcha. But okay. with that being said, this sounds like this you're almost putting in the middle and not having to think about it anymore. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's li- literally middleware. So, <laughs> but isn't middleware in the sense that we're, it's catching all of a specific type of exception or, I think that's I think that's how it's set up. Yeah. Well, it's 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 catching a specific sort of queue that you can then add exceptions to. So you it's catch it's it's catching a queue or catching a specific type of exception. I don't think it's catching. Uh, th- actually, it does. It it it, it does say. Th- it, so the example they have in uh, Laravel News. It's catching an exception. It says return. It's catching a throttles throttle exception. exception. Yeah. yeah. So it seems like if you're all of your cues, all of your workers, whatever your terminology is, you've got to realize I need to throttle this for some reason and throw this exception. And then this just says, yeah, throw oh, okay. Exception, I, right. I know how to, I know how to deal with this. Right. So, cause this is only looking for, for those particular ex- exceptions, which is so now I have to play with this because now you have me wondering. Okay, if if all it's doing is watching for an exception, how's it know to throttle the queue? Well, you're saying so. In my example, I manually I catch this exception and I'm looking for you. You're hitting our 10 second limitly, whatever their exception is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I catch I catch the exception. I'm like. Oh, we hit an API rate limit. I just take that same job data and throw it back into the queue with a random delay. Where if I were using Laravel, I would do the same thing. Catch them like, oh, I now need to rethrow throttles exception. And this new thing, it sounds like it does the same thing. It's like, oh, we're going to retry again. We're going to do the circuit breaker pattern. Mm-hmm. Well, so it's, we'll, it's, we'll you're retry not throwing, some amount of time. You're not throwing throttles exception. Throttles exception. Oh, you're is, right. It's, is a middleware. So what it's doing is it's listening to exceptions and then it's fetching the class that the, the exception came from and storing it in cache. And then it's checking in the cache how many have frequently failed. And if it's failed X number of times, then perform action Y, uh, which has I access. See. Action Y has access to the queue. So on action Y, you can say delay all items from this queue by 30 minutes and throw up a maintenance page. So it's just a, well, it's a it's a counter and then a response. So you were saying queues. Is it not necessarily queues? It's just middleware for anything? It's exceptions. Any any class that throws exceptions, I believe, can reference this middleware. Um, the thing is, is that classes that throw exceptions that occasionally throw up exceptions are usually API calls or queue calls. So Yeah, but I do plenty of API calls. In a, in a page request, not just in queues. You shouldn't. Don't tell me what I shouldn't shouldn't do. <laughs> Speaking of which, that brought me down today. Well, uh, what? Doing an API call on a page? Sort of. Yes. Exactly what it sounds like. So we 
we've been fighting issues now for a month and there's still no 100% uh, silver, not silver bullet. There's no, we haven't proven the past issues, but today we finally said, okay, we can point to a specific issue. And it goes back, it's hard when you're dealing with legacy code, this code is 15 years old. And well, I say that I started working on this code nine years ago. It was already three different code bases, two PHP four code bases and a PHP five code base within the PHP four code bases. There were four different environments running similar code, similar databases, but not identical because of the way their infrastructure was at the time. So their solution before I started was let's have this basically a microservice have its own database that runs all the phone system code, which has been fine. Everything's migrated. Now everything is one code base. Everything is fine except for this little microservice that is hit a lot. That is the only service that is using RDS. And then today the sites went down. We're like, what the hell is going on? Why? We thought we've solved all these issues. Sure, you said hell. Yeah. The, this microservice was being hit. And all it does is say, hey, I need to know how many recordings you have for, for this piece of information. And it hits the database. RDS, we were hitting some sort of burst limit in the infrastructure, which caused MySQL to back up or RDS to back up and lock up our entire core database set of connections, which is not connected to that at all, but it's a third party. I don't know if that made any sense at all. A little bit. You lost, you lost me at that last okay. part. But all right. So Foamburner, a, a call, a request comes into Foamburner, a database connection is open to authenticate you, do some other information. Mm-hmm. Within that same request, this API call is made to our own internal microservice, but it's a separate database. Okay. That database is hitting some sort of AWS throttle. So that connection stays open, which means the connection at the first level, the at phone burner, that database connection is open to a separate database and just sits there oh, and hangs. Oh, all right. Now and, I understand. And hey, so... You have these two database connections hanging because of an RDS issue in a separate API. Going back to Thomas's point of that's a stupid way to do that. I didn't say stupid. I thought it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But you do that enough times. Now all of your database connections on your primary site are filled up because it can't do anything. It's waiting for this other request. Sites go completely down. Sounds like a mm-hmm. persistent connections issue, which is a MySQL configuration setting. No, it's not persistent connections because it's the same connection. But every I, if you're using FPM and it's trying mm-hmm. to scale, then it's going to try and open more and more connections and not properly close connections from the downscale. You're, you're, you're missing the point. That connection hasn't ended. The request hasn't ended. Request comes in, opens a connection to to authenticate, to get information out of the database. That same request says, hey, I need information from the microservice. That one connection stays open because the microservice is screwed. I'm saying the persistence to your RDS database. The main one doesn't use RDS. Well, then I don't know. It's the microservice that does. It was a nightmare. We finally solved it. We know what it was. And that's another one of those AWS pain in the ass pieces where if you're dealing with certain types of hardware, you have burst credit where 
all of a sudden you hit this threshold and you, you eat into this burst credit. And as long as you don't go to zero, you're fine. But as soon as you do, you're basically ground to a halt. So managing, well, you, managing infra- infrastructure is horrible. Don't do it. You said something. You said that you're working on a 50. And cloud ways can help you not do it. What? <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I told you last week, I'm getting a lot of calls, uh, a lot of interview calls. And I got one today where he wanted me to send him an updated resume. And then we did a phone conversation. And in the conversation, he asked me. Did you send him to your Mojo Live account instead of your... No, don't know what that is. Uh, it, it's a failed thing. Sorry. Continue. Oscar, you're uh, welcome. I sent, him, I sent him my actual resume. And during the phone call, he asked me how many years I have with PHP. And I said, it's about 20 now. He goes, oh, wow. And my first thought was, hey, you know what the first sentence in my resume is? With about 20 years of experience, I have seen and, and done a lot, blah, 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 blah. Like, come on. You asked for my resume and you're telling me you didn't read it. You should have said that to him. I, I would have. Yeah. It's it's recruiters, man. I you can't you you can't be going to interviews without talking to me first, Thomas. I'm I'm your agent, man. He you, he, he did ask me an interesting question though. He had a a question from the employer. He had a series of questions from the employer, and uh, one of the questions was which gets loaded first: composer dot locker, composer dot JSON. And my answer loaded was, from what? Neither. Like when you run composer, when you run composer install, which file does it read first: locker, JSON? My answer was, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> like it reads both simultaneously, as far as I'm concerned. They both do different <laughs> things. One of them means something different to the to the system than the other. I. In- installed reads lock first. Come on, it doesn't care about that. It, ha- it has yeah, to. Yeah, it does. I've. Who cares? Yeah. If I, I'm kind if of I told you, it's like I, I, I you, never... absolutely. You said composer.lock is read first. Composer.lock is read first. You'd say, yeah, yeah, composer.lock is read first. And I said, actually, in the code, composer.json is read first, and then composer.lock. You'd still say, oh yeah, that sounds about right. That makes sense. You wouldn't even question why. I'm questioning now. Composer install doesn't care about the JSON file. It cares about the lock file. It absolutely compares about the JSON file because it diffs the two before it does anything. If you edit the composer JSON and do a composer install, it diffs them and says, hey, I need to update this new package. You're, I, I was going to say, we can, te- we, can t- we can test this real fast. Just just delete your composer JSON file and see if it'll run. It probably won't run. It'll say, hey, no. you don't have a composer JSON file. Absolutely. It has to load both. It has to compare the two, so who cares which one loads first? And I kind of agree with Thomas. That's like saying when you walk into your office and you turn on your light, how does electricity get to the bulb? I don't care. I don't know. I don't it's care. Not at all. I never, not a- never need to worry about that at anything I do. Like my my job, I don't care. I, I just type the command, it runs, and I'm able to code. Well, it's like asking when you start your car, which cylinder fires first it literally how is that any, how is that any different than what i just said you just said no it's nothing like that you dick you just like tried to make me look bad you guys are, you guys are full of sh- i'm telling you you're full of shit composer install doesn't care about the json file absolutely edit your composer I json i just did and then run composer install and it'll I still just say did. it'll install your new thing 
that's the way composer install and then new package no. works. Is composer it writes install it to the only cares. File? No, composer install only cares about the lock file. Composer require adds it to the JSON file and installs it. That's the whole I mean, point of the write, lock file. He, he, he's right in that perspective. So, if he changes the version in comp- composer JSON, it won't care about it unless he intentionally says composer update. Right. No, yes, the, composer the ver- update cares. No, the version, yes, but if you add a new package, it will install that package. That's uh, how composer both, install package name. I think works. you're both wrong and right at the same time. There. Are we good? Anyways. Can we, can we move on? Still. Wasn't a fan of that question. Laravel 7 has reached end of life. No security updates. So, if you're following along, Laravel 6 gets security updates until September 6th of next year. Laravel 7 no longer gets security updates. Laravel 8 gets security updates until September 6th of next year. And Laravel 9 gets released in September. And it's the new LTS. This year. It gets released in September of this year, 2021. Yeah, it's the new LTS. So that means it's going to have fixes for two years, not one. Right? Three years. Uh, Security fixes fixes for three years. Bug fixes for two, security fixes for three. Right, 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 right. This is dumb. Why is this? Why? Because security. No, why is this dumb? Security fixes, man. Like. You've got to commit to what? fixing major security issues in a major release. So LTS. just to be clear, I added a package to my Composer JSON, did a Composer install. It does not install that package. That's not da, how da, Composer da. works. How do I mute him? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> composer install only cares about the lock file. <laughs> I don't know. It's just I, this this whole thing... <laughs> Sorry. Remember, remember the, the, decisions, the decision to not make... release Laravel 9 was made over a weekend. This is another thing where like, we need some kind of committee looking at things. Because the bugs that have, have been discovered in the last month have been fatal, fatal bugs. Like, and I think real bad I, I think stuff. They've, I think they've backpatched those too, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, so this to say just... that you're not gonna... Well, no, they didn't backpatch no. them. They didn't patch them in five. They patched them from six on because they were still all well, under yeah. security support. Uh, you think? They did uh, not patch five. Well, no, I agree. I mean, they, they have to cut They have to cut the line somewhere. But do they? It's I, one line of code, man. It was just a bad character. I, I don't I don't know the specific case you're talking about right now. But uh, The SQL how, injection. How, but how many... I'm sure they have some sort of data of how many instances are still running PHP or there's no way to five, get that. Right? There's no way to get That's, that. If there were, that, that would, would be a be security issue and they wouldn't fix it. <laughs> <laughs> there has to be, there has to be a way, right? I mean, how, they do it for WordPress all the time. They know, well, they, they, know how many they would, WordPress they would has know. a built-in update system now. So mm-hmm. they, the so WordPress instances are always contacting the server. Laravel the the way to tell that. would be to, they, they have a way if they were to release a new five dot, version they would see if it got auto updated through you think the five dot versions that are still out there are getting updated then what does then releasing the fix doesn't change anything well (laughs) they're not being updated if they said this is an important security fix then someone would update it but they'd have to do that they'd have to have a new security issue don't don't they don't you think that they're already announcing that by saying hey we just fixed six seven and eight if they're if people aren't paying attention they're not paying attention how do i mute him it doesn't matter (laughs) 
<laughs> hey, I, I, I'll help you out here, Thomas. I'm going to make John feel bad. I think I'm going to make him feel bad. I don't know if I'm going to make him feel bad or not. Well, and you would appreciate this as well, Thomas. But I have to, I have to be honest with you, John. I think as user group organizers, if we can even call ourselves that anymore, we suck. We have We're failed horrible. hard. Failed hard with our <laughs> with our little local user group. We, I we crashed. A, we we I feel you and I were both already on the the tail end of frustration around it for mm-hmm. a year plus leading up to the pandemic. The pandemic was just the the, the little push, like okay, you you need to take a break. Yeah, but when it's over, yeah, so. everyone's gonna want to go out. So there's gonna be a huge flood of people coming in. I so it. I crashed. My, my buddy's up in uh, Canada, Vancouver, PHP. I, I've been crashing their meetups for a while. Matter of fact, they had another one today. Uh, and they've, they've been, I mean, they, they just stream it on YouTube and have been having a great time. I crashed uh, Nashville uh, PHP. I, I've also crashed uh, Arizona's PHP a couple times, but I crashed Nashville uh, PHP meetup last night. And I get on it. <laughs> Just take a wild guess who the presenter was. Taylor. Fucking Steve. No, fucking, fucking Steve. Steve. Fucking Steve fucking was a presenter. Steve. And on top of it, he's pretty damn smart. The, f- the <laughs> guy live coded for like a freaking hour on how to create a package in, uh, in PHP. And he live coded the whole thing. And... It didn't miss a beat. Uh, it was it was actually a very good, very informative uh, 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 talk. But yeah, fucking Steve is the, the guy haunts my dreams. I swear to God, I go to sleep and there's fucking. Did Steve. you call him out? We actually had they a very listen- pleasant conversation yeah. over Twitter. And did you call? They him listen to Prince Steve? together. Oh, oh. <laughs> very good conversation yeah, no. on Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, we 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 had uh, we, he, yeah he's he's a good guy, you know this. But uh, uh, yeah. PHP stuff. Uh, the Have vote been talking PHP stuff. It's kind of the name of the show. No, the show is PHP ugly. There is a difference. <laughs> uh, We're definitely making it ugly tonight. The the RFC for fibers right. is currently being voted on for eight point one. Uh, I thought I saw 2. this got approved. I thought I had this in my mailbox today that it was accepted. It is in voting until uh, fibers yesterday. Until the twenty second. Do you know we have somebody in in internals named Dan Ackroyd? Is that yes? Is that what the name is? Yeah, that is pretty awesome. Um, the voting yes. is real tight for this RFC. Uh, it's currently twenty nine to eleven against. 29-4-11 against, and it needs a two-thirds to be accepted. Um, it's going to run until the 22nd, so we've still got you know a week and a half or so to go. Uh, but but this didn't might you be say this wasn't going to affect this wasn't going to affect the everyday PHP developer? It won't affect the everyday PHP developer, but it will affect where PHP starts to combat Node on its parallel functional behaviors. Um, so it it. it it has a big impact on the future of PHP. So, so keep your eyes out passing. for that one. Uh, currently, it's not no, passing. It needs two thirds. He said, "Right, yeah, so it's not yeah. right." If I twenty nine to eleven is is failing, it would be it would need to be thirty two to eleven to be passing. Math is hard. Uh, I'm too drunk. To, <laughs> I'm too drunk to math right now. Fabian has announced <laughs> ah. that Symphony will not be will probably not be supporting 
7 in its next version. Uh, the next version of Symphony is... Oh, is, PHP 7. Yeah, I heard this. Uh, the next is version of Symphony is... is? Yeah, the next version of Symphony mm. is coming out close to the end of life, or the 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 end of Bugfix's life for the seven branch. Uh, so it looks like I'm just going to go. Out, I want to go out on a limb here. Twenty nine to eleven is more than sixty six percent. How do I mute? Dude, him? I'm just. How does? I'm just. I'm so confused. I'm, I, I mean, I'm I know like, 11, 11, 11, 11, tw- t- times two 11 is twenty two. Twenty two. Yeah. Right, exactly. So you only need twenty two to, to you need twenty six to be a sixty six percent. There are twenty nine. I'm so uh, confused. My campaign to be my campaign to gaslight John is tw- uh, very successful. He's forgotten twenty two to eleven is sixty six percent. He's forgotten math and apologized for it. <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, so with the bump to uh, oh no. Oh no! What's happening? Buttery crumpet oh, says. Buttery. I, buttery crumpet says, "I don't want to stir any shit." But according to the composer source, it reads JSON first and then lock. Dun, dun, dun. I didn't say it didn't read it. It just says it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't do shit with it. Well, not the question. But, but that was that wasn't the question. You're and right. That's, that's what I said. Is I said it read JSON first. Tom is right as always. Although Anyways, changing the the, in the test, I got the question wrong. But <laughs> buttery, you're the man. I just want to put that out there. Uh, so with with Laravel being a Symphony-dependent framework, it's likely that the next version of Laravel will be 8.0 only as well. I mean, that makes sense, right? So, so get your upgrade engines running because... God damn. They're going to force you through it. Yeah. That's going to be... A, 7 is getting expired. 8 only has a year left. And <laughs> when 9 comes out, it will require PHP 8. So get a get ready for all of those changes all at once. Well, that's not not official yet, but what you're saying, Thomas, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's why I said it. I'm so far away from PHP eight. Not that I use Laravel, so I'm not quite as affected. But just like everything else, there's going to be new libraries that people are going to want to use that are going to be targeted to PHP eight because why not? Mm-hmm. Well, and because and, it's got all the cool stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'm seeing people regularly <laughs> talking about uh, attributes now, where they're trying to get attributes working for the thing that they want to do, and attribute-based frameworks coming out, and it's it's moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, a seven percent speed bump on eight point one for nothing—a free seven percent speed bump from what version? From eight? From eight to eight one? Really? Uh huh. Wow. That was courtesy of uh, the one guy who works for JetBrains, the little-known Ukrainian company. <laughs> uh, who is that? Um, oh, I forget who that is now. It's not the uh, XDBug person. It's the... Um, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm wrong. It's Dmitry Stogov, uh, Inheritance Cash Fix where preloading inheritance between classes uh, gets between a 5% and 8% performance increase between 8 and 8.1. I was thinking of Thanks, Nikita Shutter. Shutter. Yeah, I was thinking of Nikita Popov, but he, Nikita Popov is, is responsible for enums. Uh, right, yeah. His, his name is all over enums. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've been following that one. I, I don't understand. I, I've been trying to follow uh, internals. I have no idea how they get anything done. I have no idea how they have full-time jobs. Like there's so much 
communication going on. And it's a good thing. I mean, as a PHP developer, it's a good thing to see how much communication they have going on. But my God, that their email chains are just so stinking long and they just come in constantly all day long. I mean, this is obviously a global effort. So they're, that doesn't matter what time of day it is. Somebody's reading and replying to emails on PHP internals. Well, you and remember, it just amazes me. Do you remember Linus Tor- Torvald? Mm-hmm. Some yeah, guy. Who's that? Uh, Linus Torvald, creator <laughs> of the Linux kernel. I know. Some guy uh, 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 10 years ago or something now came into their their thread and said, you know, memory management on this thing is wrong. And Linus was like, it's not wrong. I've spent a lot of time on this. It's correct. And the guy produced this mathematical proof of how it was wrong. And Linus Torvald lost his shit, wrote a like three page letter telling the guy to fuck off, corrected the mathematical proof, showed the mathematical proofs that he had written behind it. And then within like a month of that retired from the project as the lead developer, (laughs) just like, fuck it. (laughs) I quit. I I tell you, it's a thankless job. I mean, things like the Linux kernel, things like the PHP core, the, those those people behind PHP Core do not get the credit they deserve. Uh, the, the, it's so, well, and and I think we have an entire industry built off this language. I mean, so many of us make a living off it, yeah. and it, 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 it's not an easy thing to maintain and to keep pushing forward. And the people we have, especially the the new people who are coming in, who I, I've spoken to some of them and. Some of the old guards that that have been around for a while, they just don't get the appreciation and recognition they deserve. No, I, no. I feel. I think Nikita gets a lot of recognition um, because his name is probably the easiest to say on the entire internals team. Uh, but he he works for uh, the PHP Storm Group for IntelliJ, and his job is integrating the new stuff into PHP Storm so that it's there on day one. And that's mm-hmm. what I've been really enjoying about PHP Storm is that as things move, you get the newest version of PHP Storm. It's got all the new things, even beta stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, hey, not everybody can afford PHP Storm though. You got to keep that in mind. I I, I I keep reminding myself and I keep reminding john especially when we do things like user groups and we're talking to new developers people coming into the industry not everybody can afford php storm so you should understand another tool that is accessible to them whether that's vs code adam them whatever you want it to be but isn't there eap version always free eap is free but it's time limited um you know it's not always available you know what I found about VS Code? Uh, VS Code what? is a browser. Yeah, it's, it's Electron app. Yeah, yeah. V- VS Code is totally just 100% an Electron app. I did not know that. Well, I, yeah. I mean, you can literally run it in your browser. There, there's a Docker deployment you can do that you can run and have it in your browser. That's that's nutty. That's a good thing, though. I mean, that that really is a good thing. That's the uh, what it, they have in GitHub. I, I think is that VS Code that that workspace that they have now in GitHub. Yeah. But but it's is it running a local application of some sort? Yeah. When you're saying it's a browser, it's all JavaScript accessing your local files. Yeah. So you're not sending your code somewhere else. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, so despite us now being professional podcasters who have an official sponsor, we would like to thank all of our Patreons. Patreons! 
Uh, thank you guys thank so much. You. It means a lot to us. It really does. Um, I need I need to see if we have any new ones. I think we have a new one, actually. Let me see. If that's we have how one. much it Go means ahead. to us. Go ahead. Keep Wait, talking. <laughs> just in case you're paid, uh, you become a patron at the last second, we want to make sure we get you in on this. That's so right. So we don't check until right now when the Patreon page is already being displayed. <laughs> uh, let me see. They joined. Uh, they joined February 23rd. Do we have? Yes, we're good. We're up to date. We are up to date. Kalen was was our our latest uh, latest addition, Mister Mister Kalen. Uh, we did so, we yeah. did mention last week that we had a new Patreon, Blaz, and we've been told here the name is pronounced oh. Blush. <laughs> yeah. Oh. He was in our Discord. Absolutely. They were in our Discord. Uh, oh, that's another thing. If you're a Patreon member, if you're not aware, we got the uh, the special Patreon channel working for you all now. So you can pop in there and, and have more of a direct contact with us if you like. Or just talk uh, bad about we, us. That works too. We we all we're we're in all the all the Discord channels. Yep. And, what's uh, that what's that address again? Do you remember, Thomas? Discord.phpugly.com. It's scrolling along the bottom of your screen right now. Uh, Also, (laughs) www.patreon.com slash phpugly. We are very thankful to all you guys. Means it means the world to us that okay. for some reason people care about hearing what we have to say. And what don't forget we, to subscribe on YouTube. What we and buttery crumpets have to say. Basically, they, they tune in for buttery. Yeah, yeah. They, everybody wants to see what buttery has to say. Yes, and if you don't, if you're not subscribed, please subscribe. I want to see our numbers go up. Our numbers have. A, I don't. I don't even know where our numbers are right now. But we had, little, had a little digital a interface that showed that to you. And no, uh, 234. I think we're down. Are we down? We're up. No, that's up. Know. That's definitely up. Is that up? We were only at 200 like a month or two ago. Dimitri, Dimitri uh, did a big push for us and got us like uh, 10 new subs. <laughs> that's what we need to do. We need to contact PewDiePie and see if he'll give us a plug. <laughs> we need to have Harry Mack on the show. Uh, we'll, 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 get, we'll get new new people in. Just have him. Have I think, him come I on think everybody it's, loves it's Harry Mack. New people who will be exclusively disappointed. <laughs> That doesn't I, differ very much to our, our regular listeners. I, so I've been trying to get new new listeners via Rocket League. Just saying, how's yes. that working out? <laughs> I, I have a I have a podcaster microphone antenna on my car, and my name is PHP Ugly uh, Podcast. There you go. If you play Rocket League, hunt him down and destroy him. All right, I think that's it. We've run long. I'm wrapping you, this up. You, you're so unenthused about wrapping up the show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been an excellent, another excellent episode of PHP Ugly. I'm your host, Tom Rideout. This has been show number 227. Tom, that was a very good exit. I'm John Congdon. I, 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 I'm Eric. Keep, Keep it, it ugly. One, two, one, two, uh, coming off the top, y'all know how we do, listen, I'ma drop a freestyle you can cherish, I'ma send a shout out to the host named Eric, yo, he's never on some average shit, you know, Eric, he stays loud and passionate, I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song, yo, shout the host name Thomas, cause he's never wrong, yo, shout to John, you know that he's smart and quiet, unlike my freestyles, which cause a riot, I'm about to do it like this, cause the people love me, shouts out to people. 
PHP, the ugly It's called ugly cause it's not professional But I'm about to come through and bless it with style So let's do it when I'm spitting, I perfume the room Yo, the segment of the show is called Doom and Gloom That came from Thomas, yeah, can nobody go beyond this I get the mic and then I'm about to keep it like a promise Yeah, and y'all know we fill them up with anguish We talking about the PHP, the programming language About to break it down, no exaggeration What do y'all do for a living web applications? Okay, I can dig it, my words spray tight Uh, they getting together on the Thursday nights Yeah, when it comes to rhyming, you can call me the new dude I spew true lyrics while y'all broadcast on YouTube So let's get it, you know my lyrics are major All up in the comments, they got plenty of haters But they doing what they doing, keep it ugly We ending every show with the saying it's lovely Let's go Yeah, come on